Spoiler warning for Album 70, Finding a Way. If you haven't heard the released episodes yet, do not listen any further. But if you have listened, you know that at the end of The Christmas Bells, we got a premonition from, not Jack Allen, (laughs) what am I thinking? Wilson Knox, that one of three will fall. And regardless of what you think about the superstition of it, because I think it's a little bit weird that this would be brought up and that I don't know that that's exactly how the spirituality would play out in that way, or whether you think that it tied into the rest of the episode, which I've talked to a couple fans who dislike it, that it was added onto the end, I was able to separate both in my mind. I think the ending is cool and that the rest of the episode was great. But regardless of that, this line is significant. Just as at the end of The Secret of the Writer's Ruse, That line was significant from Wit, and Phil Lawler made a huge mistake by glossing over it. This line here at the end of Christmas Bells is extremely significant. So what could it be? The Christmas Bells is episode 908 of Adventures in Odyssey. Rydell Part 10, The Reckoning, also known as Let's Call the Whole Thing Off, is episode 909 of Adventures in Odyssey. Emily Jones is one of the three that Wilson is sure will fall. Zoe, Olivia, or Emily. There have been several theories that have been tossed around that this fall would be a fall from faith, or that one of these three characters will start to question her faith, which is not outside the realm of possibility. It certainly is possible. Marshall mentioned it at SonicCon, and I believe he also mentioned it on the official podcast. Maybe I just missed it. But... It seemed as though at SonicCon, he said that he just got the permission to create that storyline, or the green light from Focus to create that storyline. And it seems like, if Let's Call the Whole Thing Off would be setting that up, that episode has been in the works for quite a while, back since uh, Revelations, I guess Part 3 was released. So, well, it was recorded in July. So, I don't think that the fall from faith, if that's what the fall is talking about, will be brought up in Let's Call the Whole Thing Off. It might be a result of it, but I don't think that that is what the Christmas Bells was referring to, and what Wilson was referring to. If it is, then interesting. And if it is, if I'm wrong, then I still think that the Christmas Bells is referring to Emily, and that Emily will fall. That's very that's the the obvious choice here since emily is in the very next episode and is going to be caught up in some pretty dark stuff it sounds like she may be the one who will fall and given that the fact that the very previous episode christmas bells right before let's call the whole thing off said one of three will fall one of those being emily next episode is emily and something happens to her in that episode you think the fans are gonna be thinking well it's obviously emily then is it And the writers could play a game of, well, maybe it's her, maybe it's not, maybe it's Zoe, maybe it's Olivia, you don't know. But here's also an interesting thing. We have had good episodes of Olivia's character development through the Ties That Bind and the nine-part sideways arc that was not released, but we saw quite a bit of her development as a character in those episodes. Zoe, we also have seen grow as a character and in her faith throughout her few episodes. Not what I expected, um, for one have a heart as well and teach a man recently i thought was very good emily we have not seen very much in a spiritual setting we've seen her in when you're right you're right emily the genius 
and Great Expectations. Those are her three most significant episodes, and those do a lot for her character, specifically her desire to rush headlong into things and to think that she's right. And that's what brought her down in the Rydell Revelations. She fell then. And Phil brought that out in my interview with him. Emily has doggedly pursued cases, and now she's found the consequence of it. Because Wit let her pursue it, she fell. But we haven't seen a lot with regard to her faith. Unless I'm mistaken, I don't think we've had really any episodes where she talks about her faith. In fact, in The Ties That Bind, she was sort of questioning the idea of gender roles and treating them more as a societal thing rather than a scriptural thing. And here is what the summary reads for Let's Call the Whole Thing Off. I wrote this based on the official podcast and from the snippets in Clubhouse magazine about what the episode will be like. This isn't the official summary, although they might copy it like they copied the summary for jumping off, jumping in. Come on, guys. But here we go. Caught in the middle of an elaborate cell phone scheme, Emily Jones finds herself in detention with Maury and Susie Rydell and must come to terms with her unresolved emotions. Maury was right. And we don't agree. Emily is the fans. Emily going through part one is the fans of the show. And at the end of part three, of her saying, if you say so, Mr. Whitaker, thanks for that at least, and then I don't know about her friendship with Maury and Susie and her relationship. Those are unresolved emotions. And those need to be brought out at some point and reckoned with. And Phil has said, I believe, that let's call the whole thing off will concern that. And we'll figure out what Emily actually feels about Maury and Susan. I think Dave Arnold said that it'll determine their future or their non-future together. I also want to touch on something that Christina Puccelli said in an interview before the Rydell Revelations aired. She said that let's call the whole thing off will involve some other characters or another character that will be a surprise was basically what she said. And the extended summary of Album 70 that was released in Clubhouse Magazine for January 2021 says, Someone is plotting against Maury, Emily, and Suzu. Who is this person? I've been thinking about it. Mrs. Mado wouldn't make sense. She's behind bars. Why would she resort to a cell phone scheme? And there doesn't seem to be anyone else in the Rydell Revelations Part 1 or throughout the rest of the saga who would have a vendetta against those three. Except one. Who was the person who was pushed out of the group? Who was the only one who's not special? Who did Phil say didn't want to be a part of the group anymore? And so he's not one of the three? Who's being phased out on the show? Matthew Parker. Let me read that beginning bit again. Caught in the middle of an elaborate cell phone scheme, Emily finds herself in detention. Who's good with technology? Obviously Matthew. Matthew is really also... <laughs> Matthew is good at math, you know? And given his expertise in the green ring with cell phones and with technology, you think this might be something he would be able to pull off. I don't know how it fits within Matthew's character, especially considering what he said at, in Rydell Revelations Part 1, because everyone loves that dialogue between Matthew and Emily. Everyone I've talked to said, yeah, that was, that was so great. And thinking back on it, it's a really pivotal moment in those episodes, resolved between them. But who else could it be? Is it Dion? I don't think so. Again, Dion can't do this kind of stuff. Is it an adult? I don't see why. Is it Maury? I thought it was Maury for a while. If someone's plotting against Maury, Emily, and Suzu, I thought, well, Maury is the one who is concocting the cell phone scheme. This is obvious. We know this. Every single episode, we knew it was Maury. But is it really going to be Maury this time? I don't think it is. I don't think it is. Because if somebody's plotting against them, 
then uh, that's a pretty bad misdirect by Clubhouse Magazine, and I have big problems with that. But honestly, if I had to, to peg it on anybody, it would be Mori doing this thing. And again, doing it because he's right and because he's good. Continuing to manipulate because Wit has said it's good. And continuing to do it to bring Emily to terms with her unresolved emotions, as I wrote in the latter half of the summary. And it won't work. No matter what Maury or Matthew or whoever's behind this cell phone scheme will try, Emily will not come to terms with her unresolved emotions. She will keep this bitterness and resentment against Maury and Suzu, and it'll even be elevated because of the situation, because she doesn't want to be with them, because she doesn't trust them. I don't trust them any more than she does. And because she's been let down by Wit, who has been with her this whole time, and betrayed her at the end of the saga, she is going to become bitter. And that will be her fall. Let me know your thoughts. Am I on point? Am I missing something really big here? Is this episode just going to be another further from the truth that nothing really happens in and it's just another fake mystery? I really hope not. But in the meantime, I'm glad to do another thoughts edition, or rather the old commentary edition. Commentary was just too long a word. I thought I'd do thoughts instead. And also, just a last note here, is the Christmas Bells Rydell Part 10? And let's call the whole thing off Rydell Part 11? I don't know. I'm going to keep labeling let's call the whole thing off as Rydell Part 10 until we get confirmation that the Christmas Bells is Rydell Part 10, in which case we'll probably just call it 9B. I don't know. You're listening to AIO Audio News. (laughs) 